Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Penny Lane podcast. In today's episode, we have sound trading psychology. Sean is a trader, licensed psychotherapist, and trading coach. We discuss understanding the psychology behind your trades, managing your fight, flight, or freeze impulses, and much more surrounding mental analysis. Thank you to our sponsor, Last Bottle Wines, for supporting the show. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and review if you enjoy. Hello, Sean. Welcome to the Penny Lane Podcast. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. And Bofo's back. Hello. Hello. Bofo. Bofo, the other, uh, last night, I guess, I had a podcast with Ellis and I said, Ellis, I haven't seen you in a month of Sundays. And then I was like, oh, is that just a really Southern thing? And he was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You're Southern. I've still never heard that. A month of Sundays? A month of Sundays? Did you not listen to country music in the 90s? Well, of course I did. But I. Sean, but what is that a reference you heard to? It? Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, thank yeah. God. Where are you from? I'm from New York. I'm from the Northeast in New York. Uh, okay. That's just okay. something like my grandfather would say. Totally. Hadn't seen you yeah. in a month of yeah. Sundays. It's like yeah. old people, but I thought it yep. was old Southern people. But it turns what out. Is, what is that saying? Like, like it just 30 means, weeks? Uh, yes. Well, it okay. just means I haven't seen you in a really long time. But, like, that's what I was saying on the episode last night was it must be about 30 weeks, like a month. Okay. Ago. Well, when you first said that, I was like, well, a month has like four Sundays in it. So like four Sundays, haven't seen you in four Sundays, <laughs> but I'm tracking with you now. Makes sense. All right, cool. Well, month is Sundays. I'm glad we're all, I'm going to keep saying it, I guess, every episode and we'll just see if it hits. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, today is Thursday, June 9th. Uh, we were talking about it's 3 p.m. Spies currently tanking. It looks like it finally broke out of that consolidation range, which we've all been waiting for all week, like Ugh. paint drying. Ugh. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, so we're just waiting for the CPI data tomorrow, which maybe got leaked. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> I just stopped. You know, I did go back to just trading Apple because I was really all over the place. So. I stopped trading at 11 o'clock today. So I don't know. I don't know what happened. Did, Sean, you mentioned it. Have you been watching Spy all day? Do you know? No, I, you know, I just came back. Um, I was probably out of here by noon Eastern. So I'm not sure what happened. Uh, I know what happened. It, um, it kind of acted like it was putting in a range day and it just kept testing the bottom level on the range. Uh, popped back up through VWAP and then came down, tested the range again, and finally it's dumping down through, which is a little bit. I feel like we've had a few range days turn trend days this week, which is not what I'm used to. Um, what's VIX doing? Uh, good question. It's probably going up. Yeah, it's ramping. It's 2585 right now. There we go. All right. Well, I'm glad UVX. to be out of the. I'm glad to be out of the range. Yeah, UVXY is almost. It's over 13. So. Well, Sean, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. I think that somebody recommended you to me. Is that? Oh yeah. Does that ring true to you for how we got linked up? Uh, you popped up in my DMs and. 
I don't remember. Yes. Yeah, that probably is how it happened. Yeah, someone, then someone recommended you as a guest. Well, We'll we are super, super into trading psychology here at the PLP. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. uh, I've been a psychotherapist for for, uh, almost 19 years now, and I started to get into... So I started in psychotherapy, general mental health stuff. I um, became a, a, a trauma specialist. I got a little bit burnt out with that. So I started doing some performance psychology in private practice on the side, um, which kind of sparked my interest in what I'm doing now. I went uh, back, worked for a while at a university and got a private practice going. And, you know, when I was at the university, really what got me into trading was I would see these colleagues of mine in their 50s, 60s talking about renting and, you know, just hearing financial stress. And I'm, and I'm, I'm thinking, I don't want to, I don't want this to be me. So I was like, well, how am I going to make some other money? Um, so I got into it from that really, really fell in love with it, fell in love with the, with the psychological game of it. And, um, I've now been very active trader for six years, full-time for four and doing coaching psych for a little less than two. Fascinating. Or trade just, psych coaching. We just interviewed Jared Tindler. Do you know who that is? Oh, you is? did. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so I signed up to like work oh, shit, with him. Shit, it's a big act to follow. <laughs> oh, can he, I swear? Sorry. Sure. No, no, no. We accept all language on as right long on. as it's not right offensive. On. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I signed up to work with him, and I have oh, had cool. one session, and just signed up for my second one. Uh, it's just fascinating. It's just fascinating. My biggest takeaway from the first session with him was he told me that I'm not personally going to be satisfied how I trade unless I use my own voice and my own ideas. Like, there's nothing about it that will really ring true to me. Following other people's calls, methods, like, I got to just do it. And um, I I like that advice every day. Yeah, I think that's... Wait, uh, what did you say, Bofo? I like that advice for you. I think that's, for that's me, great. Yeah. Well, not, not just for you, just for anybody. I mean, not even like, <clears throat> let's say you're following someone else's call and you still know what you're doing. You can still let that influence you in ways that are bad. Like, you know, since I trade with people on voice every day, that's been a really big learning curve for me as well as it's got to still just be my trade. Right. Right. And whenever I take someone else's trade, like yesterday I took a, a Nike trade that was not my trade. It was somebody else's trade who I respect and I took it and I lost on it. And it was like so much worse. I mean, he was right. And he got it just from listening to me for really two hours because we had the podcast. But anyway, I'm a big fan of getting So why a- is it? why is that important to you? to make it your own um we were talking about the podcast and then i'm also an artist and Mm. i feel Mm. it it took us it took us a while to get there but i feel like my value as a person comes from my voice or point of view and that's why i think my paintings are valuable because it took 25 years to develop a style that is now 100 percent mine and authentic and then 
I think the worth of the podcast is I had to convince myself that I had a voice and a point of view in the trading world. And like and he said, until you can do that with trading and convince yourself that your voice is valuable to you, then like that that's what's going to be it's, the thing. It's great advice. It's, you know, it's that's people have to do what's meaningful to them and be aware that they're doing what's meaningful to them. Uh, otherwise, what's going to motivate you through the hard times? You know, uh, Nietzsche said there's a, there's a, there's a, he who has a why to live for can bear most anyhow. And, um, you know, we have to know our why, what our, what our whys are. And uh, I, I use that a lot in, in trade coaching in kind of a general sense to help motivate behavior change um and so you're actively aware of when you're when you're moving towards what's important to you and doing what's important to you and when you're actually moving away from doing what's important to you um and and, and that awareness will help change problematic behavior very Does that interesting make sense? Yeah. yeah you know i have been through the podcast given access to basically any trader that i want access to and I've been given access to like every room every convenience every edge everything that a trader could have every tool I have gotten access to and I'm I'm like still not doing great and it is I know it is frustrating the hell out of people because they're like we're helping like we gave you all the help but it like I can't, I can't take help. <laughs> right. That's not going to do it for me. <laughs> yeah. You have some, you have some counter dependent traits, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never heard that phrase before, but it's really ringing. ringing <laughs> <true>. <laughs> I had a feeling it might. Yeah. 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 My mantra, my manifesting mantra is I can do this on my own. Oh my god! Yeah, like a yeah. psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as long as it works uh, for you, who cares? <laughs> I guess it's not totally working, but you know, I'd so much rather make fifty dollars a day doing it my own way than a thousand dollars a day doing it somebody else's. I mean, that's part of a rich life, right? Not to sound too corny, but uh, riches aren't just cash. Totally, totally. So um, you said something in the, in the very beginning of your journey that was really interesting to me. What was the very first part of it? Uh, I was a, in my career. Psychotherapist? Yeah. So, so, yeah, general mental health treatment, like psychotherapy in the oh, community. Oh, because of and trauma. trauma work. Yeah, yeah. That's what, was, that's what was interesting to me. Have you experienced trauma? Is that why you wanted to get involved in it? Or was there some other aspect? You know what's, you know what's kind of crazy? Uh, I So, yes. I mean, I'm a therapist. You know, shit happened. You know, my mom died when I was a kid. There's the answer. That's why I'm a therapist. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm aware. I'm familiar with trauma. But what's really interesting is, you know, I developed an interest in it. I got into it, was in this trauma, you know, co-occurring trauma and addictions clinic, really like hardcore stuff. And uh, while I was working there, 
I had a um, near-death experience, and I got PTSD. Okay. It was such a fucking kick in the teeth. Expand because, on that as much as you want to. Uh, yeah. Um, basically, I had I I, I I became aware of a genetic heart condition uh, that I didn't know I had, and I became aware of it by uh, kind of getting lightheaded and my heart going ballistic. And then I, I went to an ER, and next thing I know, they are stopping my heart. There's a guy on top of me pounding my chest, you know, pounding my chest. I'm off to a uh, a hospital to have a procedure done on my heart and this and basically they burned off some extra nerves that I had on my heart. And and, and like that it was fine. This is a this is a window of like six hours. However, it was effing terrifying. And I'll yeah. tell you, I do I do not recommend being alive and having your heart stop. It's really painful and really off and really uh uh off putting when you hear your heart Ugh. and start back up. Yeah. So it messed with me. Uh, 10 years. That was 10 years ago. I was probably, no, shit, it was 12. I was 30. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, So, so you got PTSD. So, how did that manifest itself? uh, Pretty much classic ways. But what was, what was crazy, what was tricky was I knew all the damn trauma, all the good trauma therapists were my friends. So, I couldn't get therapy from them. So I'd like find someone that was good and, you know, get some help for it. So um, Wait, that was really the tricky part. Therapy from your friends. Uh, boundaries, basically. Like it's like this. If 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 uh, if you and I are the close, say you and I become close friends, we talk all the time, blah, blah, blah. And, you, you know, you decide you want to see a therapist. If you came to see me I and we were friends, I would lose objectivity immediately. I, you know, I might not be able to say the certain things I want to say or even like see the things I want to see because I'm now I, I'm, I'm biased. I'm tainted. It's it's the it's the ultimate bias you don't want, you know, relative to trading is it's I'm just they wouldn't be able to help me, basically. Um, so this is in terms of trading, not necessarily in terms of trauma or this is, this is in terms of trauma. trauma. And I'm, I just I just mean like. You know, the bias would would ruin the therapy the same way bias can ruin uh, trading. Totally. When my best friend asked me about stuff, I'm not giving her anything objective. I've had 25 years of history. I'm like, she's right. Her partner's an asshole. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah. This is human nature. We're going to comfort each other. Um, And my job isn't my job is not to I'm not a pom poms kind of therapist. My job is not to make you feel better necessarily. My job is to make you better at feeling um, and better at dealing with emotions and stuff. But, uh, you know, I'm not a I'm not a sunshine and roses kind of kind of guy. Totally. Irrational exuberance? When it comes to killer wine at drastically low prices, 30 to 70% off retail and free shipping, we live for that here at Last Bottle Wines. Whether you went long or short on GameStop, you'll need a glass of something terrifically tasty, and we've got the goods. Last Bottle is a daily wine site based in Napa, California. One wine every day at Black Swan event prices, usually 30 to 70% off until poof, it's gone. Whether you're a pound-the-table type, think ultra-crisp, quaffable Sauvignon Blanc, or a dividend aristocrat, Burgundy, or Napa Cab, there simply is no better place to buy wine on the web, and they always have free shipping. 
Last Bottle has a deal just for Penny Lane listeners. Use promo code PENNY10 to save 10% on your next order with Last Bottle. The code is good for one order and one order only. That is, I have um, had high blood pressure my whole life, and I dealt with it a lot when I was pregnant. And having, I actually am in therapy right now because of having a fear over my heart. Like, it's a... It's a scary fear. Um, it's a, it's really scary. And we've sort oh, of yeah. whittled it down to like being afraid of death. But, you know, I can like twist a certain way and my heart will beat kind of fast. And it just rockets me back to like so much. Like, oh, I mean, I was That's... in the Mayo Clinic for a week. It was so much stuff. And I it's just one little beat. And I'm immediately back. That is... Uh shockingly familiar to me because the thing that gave me PTSD was this crazy stuff that happened with my heart. So for like four years, I was aware every day, every heartbeat, I was aware of it. Everyone, yep. Yep. everyone, like, like I'd be sitting here talking to you and I would be aware of every heartbeat. I haven't heard my heart any, like in forever. I don't, I don't think about it, but for years it was like every sound. So that, and, and that's a type of trauma and, and, you know, medical trauma like that, I guess we're digressing, but, it's very tricky because, um, you know, it's that physiological visceral, it's, it's beyond cognition. It's beyond being talked out of it or, or like rationally thinking through it. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, a problem set in the nervous system. It needs to be dealt with in the nervous system. And that's kind of my big thing with trading psychology is, is really digging in and looking at it at a nervous system level, because that's all that matters ultimately. I, my biggest trigger was laying in bed at night because if you lay on your side like i find that i could feel my heart more and there were nights where i would just like wake up my husband and i would be crying and i'd be like my heart feels funny Mm -hmm. and he's like babe i think we've been through this before like i think you're okay and i was like but it just feels funny so i'd go sit in the shower because in the shower i couldn't feel my heart and try to like calm it down but it fucks you up big time because you have you need your heart (laughs) (laughs) yes you do yes you do yeah and your, your your coping was really wise because what you were doing there when you sat in that shower you were all that surface area being exposed to a stimulus the water pouring over it it overwhelmed your nervous system and took the attention away from your heart and it calmed you down that was really smart also the water's hot so your heart beats faster but i could then attribute it i could be like well i am hot my heart is beating faster and i could get myself to go to sleep because i had a way to blame my fast heartbeat or whatever Anyway, there, EMDR. We'll have to, we'll talk, we might even talk about it, but EMDR will will solve that quick. Oh, good, good. Yeah. I had it even today. I was in. I mean, I was doing my trading, and I was in a little bit heavier than I wanted to be because I had to average down, and I could like feel it. And I was like, "Whoo, we got to talk ourselves through." Like, your heart is okay. You are okay. If this trade goes against you, you're okay. The market can't hurt you. It's like a constant. You can't. You're not in danger. You're not in danger. And do you have that? Yeah. Do you have that happen during positive and negative experiences when they're intense related mm-hmm. to trading? Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Like 
my heart and then my head and then I feel like I might pass out. It's it's a whole thing. Yeah. Bo, yeah. welcome to the inside of my mind. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. <laughs> uh, I don't get to talk to that many people who have had heart things. Um, but terrible. it's a weird... So also, I have a, my dad died. So that you know, there's like a dead dad's club. I don't know if you know that or not, but there's oh, dead, I'm in a dead mom's club. You're in the so dead yeah. mom's club. There's yeah. a dead dad's club, but I think there's also like a heart trauma. Absolutely. Club. You know, Did you're you, like, if you know, you know. <laughs> there's a condition. I think it's called supraventricular fibrillation or something, where the treatment for it is this drug. Oh God, I wish I could think of the name. It starts with an A. I had it that day. It's the stuff that stops your heart. And this, this disease, basically the top half of your heart will go ballistic. The bottom will stay relatively normal. It can kill you. Um, but that drug and taking it is so traumatic that people with that disease risk their life to not take the drug to get past the episodes without that terrifying drug, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. I mean, that's sense. how awful the drug is. I can't think of what it's called. I know it starts with an A. Yeah, my brother. So... My heart problem, this is horrible that this happened to me, but all my heart problems developed from like a sensitivity to Adderall. Oh, no shit. Hey, kids, stay off the Adderall. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I had to go to the Mayo Clinic because the stimulus was just so bad for my heart and my resting um, blood pressure was like 175 over 120 and I was... 20 years old and like a normal weight and all and they couldn't figure out why and it took a week at the mayo clinic with like every heart test you can get done and then finally they were like you are like allergic to adderall i guess or shit yep and then it's damaged my heart i mean i'm still having complications from it um but my brother had the same thing and he also got the high blood. He had all the same effects from it. And he just had an incident where he had to get a heart cath. Mm. That's going to leave some lasting, yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Especially to what circumstances it was put in under. Yeah. Yeah. It was an emergency or not or things like that. It was, yeah, it was an emergency. It, yeah, he did a stress test and an that's emergency a whole other level. heart cath. And it, um, it came after like, who I'm just, yeah, it just came after a life, a life. It was a life situation that caused. Yeah. He was, yeah. So you're already jacked up on adrenalines and cortisol and stuff. And then they're like, by the way, we have to put this, you know, piece, this foreign device in your heart so you don't die. Yeah. Let's, let's and go. And, and we're going to keep you so awake. So that just pours in harder <laughs> and it, it should pour in. Like you should be scared that that's just, you know, survival, but. That adds up to a hell of an experience and a lasting one, unfortunately. Totally. Um, and that's 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 relative to trading, too. I mean, we, we forget that, you know, sitting all day or, or sitting part of the day and staring and, and with all this attention and focus, we release tons of adrenaline. We build up uh, problematic uh, states of mind and states of being and, and we just pound pound ourselves on top of it and, you know, make it worse and worse and worse. I read on Twitter about six months ago i don't have no idea who it was but they said seven years ago i was sitting in my chair trading and i had a heart attack in the middle of trading um 
and I don't he's like fine now I guess and he's and he was like I totally had to change the way I trade that's very triggering to me too like oh I'm just gonna like voluntarily put myself in this very stressful situation it's all just layers of yeah yeah. there there is a lot yeah there's a lot and, and a lot of us a lot of traders have no um don't even know what we need to be looking at to take care of to make ourselves you know last in the business or do well in the business or anything because we we don't look at it um through a psychological eye and we we need to i mean this is this is a psych game this this the market is it's you know whatever you want to say about it it's rigged it's all this it's all that it's it's a psychological game and and uh we have to take good care of our brains Totally. I think, honestly, that's kind of why I'm like, given all the experts and all the rooms and all the tools and all of this stuff, I'm like, yeah, that's not going to help me. Like, I know how to trade. I know how there's no other thing that I can add to my chart that's going to make me know how to trade. There's no person that's going to help me. It's just me and this chart (laughs) and like me and me. And I'm obsessed. I'm like addicted to that idea of like you have everything you need. But. <laughs> and and the culprit is is the amygdala because it's actually you, the chart, and your amygdala. And that's the, oh, that's tell me the, about that. That's the shooting match. That's the shooting match. So you know, uh, our nervous system. Is, it, well, have you heard of fight, flight, and or freeze? Yeah. So fight, flight, and freeze is something it's, that's that's uh, happens to us a lot. Um, fight, flight, or freeze is a leftover evolution, evolutionary piece of psychology. And, and this stuff is important to know. The same way you have to understand market fundamentals and basics before you trade, you need to understand uh, evolutionary psychology and, 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 and psychology to some extent before you trade because Otherwise, you're just setting yourself up to fail. So one of the things we do because of history and, and, and the fact that it's only been a couple hundred years that we haven't really needed our our um, survival instincts as much as we've needed them historically, that we tend to over and oversee danger. We see danger when it's not there. Um, so we're reacting a lot and we're going into what they call a sympathetic nervous system state. That's fight, flight or freeze. And we want to stay out of that. All of us do it all the time. You know, someone can call you a name and you go into that state. You can stub your toe and go into that state. You can have a crazy thing happen with your heart and go deeply into that state. There's a lot lot of ways that we get put in there. But when we do, and our amygdala is what puts us in there, which which is sort of our emotional brain. And um, it's fast. It's the fastest part of the brain. It's the most reactive and and it puts us in that state and then what it does is it shuts down our prefrontal cortex the front of our brain and we lose access to all the stuff we know as a trader our ta our you know uh whatever it is how we trade all that knowledge that executive knowledge um even like your your sense of confidence and competence and things like that it's all stored up here and that when that thing goes offline you're that's when you have those trades when they're over or have those days when they, they're over and you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah. And the answer is the answer is actually pretty simple. And it's you. It's you weren't 
because yeah. you were in a, you were in a sympathetic state. It took over and you left. You were you were gone. And, uh, you know, you're basically surviving the day versus trading the day. You're, you're surviving that um, uh, that market versus fighting that market or winning in that market or however you want to put it. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I um, have been like laying in bed at night thinking about how I want to I'm coming up with this new kind of trading concept that's just for me. And my idea is that I actually have this like bucket here. I'm going to show you. So I like put this bucket up on my wall. So my idea is like every day there's tons of trades out there and I'm just going to like handpick the, my good trades and fill this bucket up with like my trades for me. Anyway, I'm working my way through this idea and so I'm laying in bed and I'm like, okay, well, if I don't lose more than $100 per trade, then I can say that's a good trade and I can fill this bucket up with all good trades. It's not, like that's the only rule I have to stick to is you cannot lose more than $100. I thought about it all night. I thought about it all morning. I took the first trade, held it down to like $250 and was like, but, but it hasn't like rejected. I mean, immediately. I can't even like stick to the one <laughs> freaking thing um but all day long i can like rationalize all these things i'm gonna do to really kill it you're a perfectionist uh uh yeah uh i would say like a creative perfectionist not like a type a Mm -hmm. perfect it's a weird kind of perfect high standards very high very high personal very very high but like my like living room is a mess right now like that kind gotcha. of stuff doesn't yep. it's whatever but i'm not gonna let myself down right 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 yeah i think i mean I, that's an interesting plan uh i think being selective with trades is really important i think we uh, most of us over trade and there are you know ways to find just a few good trades you can even go heavier on if you have enough conviction and uh yeah i, I I like that idea. I think, I think, uh, you know, as long as you don't beat yourself up, if you, if you do go over a hundred dollars or whatever, then you're, you know, then it's just fine. So many mental tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Just to to keep at it. Yeah. That's tough though. I feel like when I have too many rules like that, that, eventually sticking to that rule becomes more important than the thing it's supposed to help me do, you know? Right. And, and so, you know, maybe, maybe that your example, Blaine, isn't a great example, but like if I'm going for a percentage win rate or if I'm going for a green streak or if I'm going for, you know, whatever, eventually like sticking to that streak becomes more important than the reason I made the rule. And then I end up screwing it up for that reason, you know? Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Um, yeah, but there were other, there were so many other rules that I broke. You know, I made the rule of like, I can't trade till 9.45. Well, usually my best trades are at 9.35 to 9.50. So like cutting that rule out, you know, there, I, I don't know. I was like, let me, let me stick to one thing and then couldn't even do that. You know, um, continuing with that sort of 
focus on, um, you know, the, the nervous system and, and staying out of fight, flight or freeze. The uh, a lot of these rules that we have, a lot of these, you know, the things that go on intraday, we can really um, take care of a lot of it with trading mindfully, with being aware of um, kind of our, our values and what we're doing intraday by making sure that we're doing taking steps to keep ourselves out of fight flight or freeze because then we don't necessarily need all these rules because when we're when we're not in that state we have access to our full faculties we have access to our wisdom we have access to perspective and and when the further we get sucked into the chart you know it's 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 like this when the chart's here there's a problem i can't see much else but if the chart's here you know i might this still might be in the forefront but i can you know, there's other things I can see around it and, and being mindful and uh, doing certain behavioral things throughout the day helps maintain that perspective. And I think helps make one rules less, not, not less, not, you need to have rules, but less difficult to follow. And probably you don't need as many because you are in a more regulated state. You're not, you know, gritting your teeth and swearing and reversing and all that kind of shit. Um, this reminds it's just me. essential. Um, this reminds me of what something that Jared said um, about we were talking about rules or we mm-hmm. weren't you were <laughs> you were talking about <laughs> rules and um, he was making the point that a lot of the rules are band-aids so like oh yeah. you know yeah a band-aid is good for now like use the band-aid but you yeah. really need to be figuring out where that wound is coming from like you don't want to just live with a band-aid forever yeah exactly yeah you know oh geez last night or the night before i was working with a client individually and he this person had been in a group that i did or a class that i did and uh where i teach like how to do all this stuff intraday to keep yourself out of fight flight or freeze to keep yourself in a parasympathetic nervous state blah 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 and uh he doesn't do it (laughs) most traders don't getting these guys to do it is such a like people are skeptical they they don't feel immediate results so they you know they don't they do it three times and think uh fuck it or whatever um but there is a way with like i assume with what jared's saying you know you can set yourself up to look to decrease the probability of having any of these trade trade issues and when i always what i tell people is I'm giving you a bulletproof vest. Put the fucking thing on. It doesn't mean you're, it doesn't mean you're not going to get a headshot and die. It doesn't mean you're not going to get a, a, your limb blown to bits. But what it means is more likely than not, you're going to not you're going to survive. You're not yeah. going to die. And that's what matters. And, and to me, there's certain things we can all be doing. Um, like I said, the mindful trading that is that bulletproof vest that just makes everything a bit safer lowers the risk of just about everything and then from there the stuff that still is a problem when you're when you're trading mindfully when you're trading you know consciously and with perspective and like you know in the zone whatever the hell you want to call it um the errors that still occur when you're in that state that's the shooting match that's the real trading psychology stuff and that's where you know as a, as a psychotherapist for so long where i like to dig in and you know, take care of the issues because, you know, you might have, you might, you're, you're, the only problem might be that you never dealt with your father dying. The, the problem might be you never dealt with being bullied as a kid. And every time you're 
you know, trade and it goes wrong, you feel 15 years old, like you're being bullied, but you don't really realize that's how you feel because you're not yeah. thinking about it. You're only feeling the feeling and then you feel like a shit, you lose the trade and the cycle continues. Totally. But if you, do, but if you deal with the stuff that went on that put you in that position in the first place, you're less susceptible. Probabilities all increase that you will not be triggered. You will not re have those reactions. So again, was, it's still playing probabilities. That was what the Band-Aid thing was what Jared said about oh, me, yeah, the band -Aid. me saying that I quit drinking to help yes. me with my trading. And, and he was like, that's a Band-Aid. And then I like later was like, it, I don't think it's because I have like a real legit drinking problem. It's like my dad died from drinking. You're looking for it. Oh, right. Okay. So I'm taking away that like trigger. And yep. I, I thought if I could quit drinking and like focus enough on trading, if I could just like devote my all to it, I could make it work. And he was like, if you want to continue not drinking, that's fine. But like, or you can like deal with those issues. Yeah, and exactly. it was that was super eye opening as well. I, I think that, you know, Jared Tendler was a therapist or is a therapist, right? Um, he's and he's a coach. Yeah, I, I, that was yes. one of the things I was going to ask you. I, I don't really know the difference between like therapist, psychotherapy, psychology. Yeah. I don't I don't really know. They all say psych in them is the only thing. I know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I. I went to college for a long time, did a lot of training for a long time. Um, I can't, I, I, uh, can't prescribe medication, but you know, I'm, I'm licensed to practice psychotherapy in New York. I can bill insurance companies. My diagnoses are legal in a court, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I do expert testimony for car accident, PTSD, things like that. Um, and been in practice for for 18 years or so coaching i mean honestly a lot of what coaching allows us to do is to is to not deal with so many rules and regulations um you know during covid they actually let us cross, practice across state lines technically I, I can't always practice across state lines as a psychotherapist with my with my clinical with my license however trade psych coach is not a what is a trade psych coach right so right, right. I can kind of, you know, I hate to say I'm skirting it, but I'm, it just makes it, there's more flexibility. Um, so I think Jared, uh, I think he was a, a mental health counselor, or a therapist of some kind. And the reason I, I bring it up is like that no drinking thing. That could be a Band-Aid. It also may be something that's important to you to have a sense of, uh, agency over alcohol in your life because alcohol took a lot away from you. You know, there, there's there's just a zillion reasons why that that could be a good thing. Is it going to help your trading? Maybe, but if it helps the quality of your life, then it definitely helps your trading. Totally. And that's that's the thing that a lot of uh, traders miss, and why ninety I think it's probably ninety five percent of traders fail is they're not addressing their brain health, their their mental health at all. Um, or to a very small degree. Some of the guys that are like hardcore discipline, working at five up at 5 a.m. and pumping iron, they do well because that kind of overlaps and bleeds into the mental health stuff. Like that's great for mental health. So they deal right, but we're not all like that. Um, and for us that aren't, we have to treat our brains like, um, you know, a athlete with their body or whatever. 
Um, not and not that we can take can't you know we have to take care of our bodies too, but more so our cognitive functioning, our decision making ability, because that's what gets screwed with intraday and causes us to lose money. Our decision making ability gets skewed because we go into fight or flight or freeze. Our amygdala takes over. We don't have access to our wisdom and our knowledge and our account is red. So that's a pattern that can be stopped. What's the bulletproof vest then? Check, ask your five times a day, write this down, everybody. And you okay. people that know me are rolling their eyes right now because they've <laughs> heard this 8,000 times. But um, f- once before the bell, then five times a day, you want to do the following four things. Uh, you want to check, you, you want to rate your emotionality on a scale of negative five to positive five. I call it a feels scale. Uh, so, you know, because either side of that is dangerous. Unlike most things, feeling good, really good in trading is just as dangerous as anything else. Totally. So so we have to check where we're at on that scale. If we're a four or five on either end of it, don't trade. Period. Like, get up and go do something else. Go. go. Or go on to the next steps, uh, which I would recommend. Step two is grounding. Grounding is a, is just a, it's a behavioral exercise where you do something to pull yourself out of your head and put yourself into the present moment. Um, Bofo, if, if you were to look around the room you're in right now and tell me five colors that you see, would you say them out loud for me? Gray, brown, green, white, orange. Name four shapes that you see. Oh gosh, uh, shapes. Uh, yep. Cylinder, uh, box, um, rectangle. Uh, square. <laughs> right there, you're getting out of your head, literally focusing on what's around you, but you're still in the present moment. So that's grounding. Check your feel score. Get yourself grounded. Then step three is practice mindfulness. Mindfulness is a huge topic. Um, It's essentially learning how to live in the present moment more often. But where it's really related to, to mental health and trading is that when our thoughts are drifting into the future in trading, that tends to be uh, FOMO and hopium and things like that in life. That tends to be worry, anxiety. You know, how am I going to pay a bill? How am I going to get this done? Well, this project's due date, whatever. So that drifting into the future gives us anxiety. We'll create problems in life, create problems in trading. Then drifting into the past, trading wise is usually like revenge trading, you know, checking contracts you sold and you you know, they they went up a thousand bucks and you're all pissed. Like, it's just ridiculous. You're, you're, it's the same thing as, you know, whatever. It's just time traveling. It doesn't make any sense. So, um, learning to not do those things is what mindfulness is about. So this third step is just a mindfulness exercise, which can be as simple as uh, deep breathing and focusing on your breath and just getting more skilled at paying attention to the here and now that actually makes a part of your brain uh, thicker and denser called your interior cingulate actually changes your brain structure. It makes your amygdala smaller, which is great. Both of those things are great. Uh, They're common phenomenon in Buddhists 
and 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 um, marathon runners and yogis, and they're not that common in other people. So it's a good it's a good skill to build up. And then uh, the fourth step is remind yourself of why you trade. Why are you doing this? Why have you chosen one of the hardest professions, one of the most difficult ways to make money? Why are you doing it? There's got to be reasons. And if you're not, if you lose sight of them in your day, you can really get screwed. And I always say to people, you need to think about your values as, as a lighthouse. You know, you're out, you're out at sea and the and storm gets rough. It's dark. Shit goes crazy. Trades go sideways. You need to be able to look back to a reference point and get back to where you are, where like where Penny is, how Penny does things on her, her own damn way. You need to not lose sight of that. Why are you doing this? Um, that helps with a lot of things. You know, if I'm going to trade and have hopium, it's red, but you know, there's there, whatever, there's hope I have. I'm building up this case in my head, this rationalization. I'm less likely to bullshit myself like that if I'm thinking about the fact that for me, part of my goal with trading is to like build a family compound for everybody and, you know, have a place generationally for my family and stuff. If I'm thinking about that, I'm not going to do dumb shit, but it's really easy not to think about that intraday when I'm chasing spy or whatever trade of the day, you know, whatever's going on, it's easy to lose sight of that because we want to, you know, we want to win. We want to get the money. We want to do whatever. And, and that's more, you know, can lead us down these paths of, of mistakes and FOMO and hopium. And just, if you, if you're checking in with yourself, like I said earlier, five times a day, you got to do this. And Oh, in the way, sorry, I'm digressing. When you're checking in like that, it just maintains that broad view and like, I can cut this trade. There's a trade tomorrow. There's a trade in 10 minutes. And and that becomes true versus some like thing we hear people say all the time, you know, I'll just wait for the next trade. Like no shit. But if we could actually do that, then we'd all be winning and the market would collapse. Like that does, it's not how it works. You know, you can't just be disciplined or whatever, but these things make us more disciplined because if we don't, it's called, it, it's called, um, ego dystonic. The behavior becomes ego dystonic. We don't like the behavior because all of a sudden hopium means I'm screwing over my family. I'm not going to do it. <clears throat> all of a sudden hopium means I'm taking money out of my kid's uh, college fund. I'm going to sell the damn contract. And, and, and it could be that it could be health. It could be, it could, I don't care if it's for your Lamborghini, you know, it's what's it's 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 when this stuff gets more baked in and you're more mindful of it and awake intraday and in touch with it your decision making trade uh completely changes because all decisions that we make we make because we assume they're going to make us feel better in the future all of them every single one every decision's emotional every single one that's um and when we can build this into the recipe we can get those values and things that are important into that decision-making recipe, we're going to make more effective decisions in our life and then trading and uh, just simple things like cutting and taking profit because it becomes, it bothers you that you don't do it in the moment versus, you know, two hours later when you're 20% down and, you know, you were 60% up before, which is when most people sell. <laughs> Interesting. So you're basically associating some bad habit with the 
negative side of your why. So then it, it you have this like distaste for that bad habit over time. Yes. If you, you are making it unappealing to do certain things because you're paying attention to consequences, which we never do. We, well, that's not true. We rarely do. And, and trading is one of the things that brings it out because consequences are instant and there's no other other time really consequences are as instant as they are in trading. You know, huh. I, I can be doing something wrong and not pay the price for hours or days or years. Um, yeah. Trading, you pay the price instantly. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's why that, that stuff matters. And it's, it just introduces and, and ho- hopefully maintains you know, more data to pull from to make decisions besides shit like TA, because TA is mostly coin tosses. Hmm. Yeah. Do you, so when you're talking about like managing this fight, flight, freeze response, so like you kind of have these like tools to manage that, but like, isn't there part of this that, you know, someone might say, you might just be oversizing. Like, let's not get to oh, fight, sure. flight, and freeze very much, if at all. You know? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. You, yeah. Yeah. You're right. And um, having a um, being hungry can put you into fight, flight, or freeze. Like the things huh. that put us into fight, flight, or freeze are so minor. And that's why kind of knowing evolutionary psychology is really important because, you know, it used to be threats to life that put us into fight, flight, or freeze. Threats to safety. And here's where the parallels are really important. So safety can be literal, you know, like not getting hurt or bothered or robbed or whatever. And safety can be uh, more existential, like emotional safety and, and privacy and boundaries and things like that. So anything that's a threat to a sense of safety will put us into fight flight or freeze and guess what is one of the biggest parts of safety in the modern world certainly in the you know money exactly totally so every time i trade i am gambling my safety and that's why we go into fight flight or freeze there's there's no not going into fight flight or freeze and you know i do this I, i honestly you know, five times a day, I have a random, I recommend there's a random alarm. It goes off between 9.30 a.m. and 4 p.m. randomly five times every day. Um, and I do those steps. And am I this perfect trader? No. Am I consistently profitable? Yep. And the less I trade and the more I do this stuff, the more money I tend to make. And I've found the same for my um, my clients, too. It's, 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 you know, when you, because you get more conviction and and have more um, comfort and you're just you're just objectively taking trades or not taking trades. I think a lot of the reason I make more money is because days like today, I, I you know, I did I did buy one contract today, but I, I was like, screw this. What, what am I doing? You know, let's let's do something else. And and what I did is I went and did something with a friend of mine, which is in touch with my values of relationships of, you know, and and being able to do shit like that. I, I've had jobs where I couldn't just leave and go out to lunch. I had clients booked all day or whatever. And I think that one thing traders don't do is take advantage of the trader lifestyle. And that's part of trading less. Go do something. Get the hell out of the house. Or go play video games, whatever you're into. I don't care. 
Um, but that piece is is needs to be introduced way more, way more than it is for most traders. Most of them are sitting in front of that computer all damn day and not budging, and that's got to stop. <laughs> Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. Is that um, so? So I'm at conflict with this particular issue because I do this, and like part of it, I always wonder to myself, like, is this an addiction? How much of this is an addiction? You know. Sure. But part of it yeah. is you're talking about doing what you love to do. Like my best friends do this with me, and we're talking on voice every day. I love to do this. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's important because what trumps it all, what what supersedes all of it, values. If it's if that does change things because you 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 are living your life, you are you you're experiencing your relationships, all that stuff. So that that does change what I'm saying in the sense that your your values are sort of integrated because you're of of the way you trade and the way you're making money. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That's so interesting. I was talking to my friend AC earlier and I was just like I'm just sort of down because like my trading's not going well and my whole life kind of hinges on that not not my family life but like the better my trading goes the better the podcast goes the more confident I feel about the podcast the more confident I feel about sort of like everything and he was like well you just don't you don't have to tell people how you're trading like the podcast is very separate but in my mind I'm like it's not because I built the podcast on being honest and like so um and if my if my main value other than being a good mom which I think is my top value and I started trading to make money to take my kids to Disney World that was my whole why um which I hadn't gotten there yet but but I am gonna book a trip to Disney this month even though I can't pay for it yet because I'm going to like manifest it. I'm working on manifesting this trip. I gotta go, I gotta go. Anyway, um, but other than being a mom, if my whole value system is having a voice and that's what's important to me, Mm -hmm. then like trading is very much at the core of that. Yeah. So I just have, I feel like I have so much writing on it. And I, a lot of times wish that the podcast was separated from it so that I could be like very, very proud of the podcast, which I am, but not have it kind of drawn down because of my own trading execution. Why is it drawn down because of your trading execution or what way do you, do you what, what, what way is it drawn down? I think I just don't want to let people down. Like I have thousands uh, of people now who I have made them invested in my journey. I did that to me. Um, but I don't want people to have invested all these hundreds of hours and then be like, I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> How is that affecting your trading? I mean, it it's not good. Like, I feel that like I put is a probably, lot on my shoulders. That's you know? probably forcing some uh, um, sympathetic nervous system responses at your day. Uh, having that that pressure or be, when you become conscious of it. So that's yeah. something, another reason to, you know, do these steps, put on that bulletproof vest. Again, might not save your life, but it's going to make things better. Uh, Being grounded, I've heard that you can, like, sit on the ground to do that too. Is that true? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm pretty evidence-based. Like, I, 
like I, I you know my main treatments that I use are something called EMDR there's it, there's probably nothing with more evidence of how it works um, you know that grounding thing I, uh, I think people call that earthing too it certainly couldn't hurt and the thing and the thing is if you like that then yeah it's probably grounding yeah do i know for sure that walking barefoot on the earth means i connect to the earth and electricity goes out the bottom of my feet and i have no idea i mean yeah. don't get me wrong my father i mean my father has a thing that uh he, he does that stuff he has a thing that's plugged into the freaking grounding outlet in his house and uh it's a pad and he sleeps on top of it you know that that's <laughs> He swears by. Here we it. go. Yeah, I mean, to me, I'm kind of like, eh, but who am I to say? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I certainly wouldn't discourage anybody from anything like that, and 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 especially if it's it's meaningful to them. Totally. Yeah. Um. Well, Sean, we're coming to the end of our time. I would like to invite you back on for a part two. I've never, ever invited somebody on for a part two immediately after. But I would love to make it a two-part series if you That'd want. That would be great. I, that's, cool. That sounds great. Yeah, I Absolutely. think I think this is the one. Bofo, what do you think? Yeah, I like it. I think there's so much to dig into here, and I think it really aligns with so much that we talk about anyways. So I'd love it. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, maybe we could do that on Monday okay. or sometime next week and then release yeah, them together. Yeah, I can do that. Cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, I would I would just continue it now, but I have to meet with a sponsor. But I I legitimately could keep talking to you for like four more hours. So I, I appreciate <laughs> it. It, it. It was fun. It's funny. Time went by so fast. I feel like I don't even know what I said. Well, I, we got more. We got more time to dig into it. I never know what I'm saying either. Just, <laughs> it's such talk. a weird thing. I, I'm uh, yeah. It was awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. We'll see you on part two. All right, guys. Take care. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the Penny Lane podcast makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional or financial advice. Unless specifically stated otherwise, the Penny Lane podcast does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast. And information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of the Penny Lane podcast. The Penny Lane podcast assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein.